Welcome to the Ladies Who Lead podcast. I'm your host, SK Vaughn. This is a community of women supporting women. Every Thursday, tune in to hear from ordinary ladies doing extraordinary things. We'll cover topics like diversity and inclusion, gender pay gap, and respect in the workplace. We want to celebrate with you and hear stories of success and hard lessons learned. Whether you're a lady who leads in the boardroom or a lady who leads in your community, this is the place for you. So buckle up, girlfriend. Let's do this. I'm so excited to be joined by Camille McCallum. She's an author and entrepreneur inspiring young women to fight their fear and chase their dreams. Her book, The Power of Infinite Potential, is a great read for young adults who are working to overcome aimlessness in their ambitions. And her brand, Black Women on a Mission, has become a staple piece in wardrobes all over the country. She's an Ole Miss and SMU grad working professionally in entrepreneurship as manager of the incubator at SMU. Welcome, Camille. We're so excited to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, I'm so glad you're here with us. Um, I'm just so excited that you agreed to join us today. I cannot wait to jump right on in. But before we begin, I always do this with the podcast. I'm a big believer in how are you surviving this week and how are you thriving this week? How I'm surviving this week. And oh my gosh, Camille, I have the most awkward moment of my life happen this week. So um, <laughs> needless to say, I love celebrating small and big wins on my team, uh, my marketing team. So it was one of our team members' birthdays. So we do it big. We do a cake. We decorate the office. We go out to lunch. We also have a really talented graphic designer who's also an artist. And so she just draws like cartoons of people. And then I, we all sneak around and go on a poster board, write all the really nice things about that person. Of course, we all kind of know it's coming if it's your birthday, because it's just a, a ritual that we have, a tradition, if you will, that we do. And so while they were f- focused on other things, I decided it'd be a great opportunity to go around the office and get everybody to write nice things. Ugh, I should have taken a moment to self-reflect before doing this. And I just completely did not, you know, hindsight. Uh, so I walked in to someone's office and I saw that she had birthday decorations up, but I didn't think much of it because I thought her birthday had already happened and it was just still up. And so I walk in, I'm like, Hey, so marketing does this thing. And keep in mind, everyone wants a poster done for themselves on their birthday, but we've had to limit it to just the marketing team. So I walk in, I'm like, we have this really great poster that we've done. It's so nice. And before I could even finish the rest of my sentence, she jumps up and down like in pure excitement. And it's like, you shouldn't have. And I looked at her with just like sheer terror in my eyes. And I was like, oh, um, well, yeah, about that. And before she could, before she could connect the dots, she looked at the poster and, and quickly realized it was not her. And I was like, oh, well, you know, we've got a poster coming for you, of course. And so we awkwardly like laugh and she like signs it real quick. And fortunate for me, someone walks in her office and I just literally just slither away and hope to go to like my black hole over there. I literally walk to the marketing team with my head down. I was like, y'all, I messed up. Like this is, that was the most awkward experience of my life. Instead, I went ahead and got some flowers delivered to her to say happy birthday from the marketing team. 
but just the pure like awkwardness of that day just really made me realize, wow, just surviving this week. I am not thriving, but you know, you have to laugh at yourself in those awkward moments that we have. And then how am I thriving this week? It's a podcast, right? Like I'm really putting myself out there in a big way. Right. And I feel like fear is so constant. And so in your mind, and it's mind over matter. Is it day one or, or is it one day? Right. And so I feel like this is a start of something fresh and new and exciting. And I'm just excited just to kind of get things going. That's kind of how I'm surviving and thriving this week. What about you, Camille? Oh man, that, Ooh, that poster story is just, that kind of made me crazy a little bit, but um, you know, we're, it, it's all, we're all looking up. I, for me, this week, how I'm thriving, I had a really big um, breakthrough. I was planning my um, Black Woman on a Mission spring launch. And honestly, I guess this is both my surviving and my thriving. Um, so early in the week, I really felt like I'm the drain with my Black Woman on a Mission launch. I had no direction. Every direction I had, I was like, no, scrap that. That's not it. I'll do that. Um, and I just could not find, you know, that really made me feel good creatively, you know, that I felt was going to be successful, that I really had a good gut feeling about and nothing was coming to me. You know, I was doing everything I knew to like jog myself creatively and like exercise my creative mind. Um, and I ended up uh, just was talking to a couple of friends about, you know, some pop-up shops later on in the month. You know, are you going to be doing this pop-up shop? I think I'm going to do this one, not that one. Um, and so I ended up finding a pop-up shop in Tupelo to do this coming up weekend. And so Tupelo, of course, being um, where we are both from. Yeah. And I was like, Eureka, I found <laughs> it. This will be perfect. Um, so I signed up for a pop-up shop in Tupelo this weekend. I'm really excited to go home and and I've planned my whole launch around it and shoot all the content at home um, with my family. I love it because uh, Black Woman on a Mission is a really multi-generational brand. So I'll have the opportunity to like shoot with my mom and with my cousins and with my aunts and just, you know, with my little kids with people of all ages. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and so I feel like I'm thriving now, but earlier in the week, I was like, this, there's nothing here. This is, I don't, I'm not sure it's going to work at all. I just, maybe I shouldn't even be doing this. You know, I was just psyching myself out so badly because I just had no creative direction, but I'm really excited now to get home, um, to be able to get out into the community that was honestly has been one of my biggest supports, um, which is that hometown community and to really show, um, how we're growing and to help people be a part of that brand story. So I'm really excited. Um, about that. So that's how I'm, um, how I moved from just surviving to thriving this week. I love it. I'm here for it. That's exciting. You'll have to um, keep me posted on how that goes. Let's go back to the beginning and tell me kind of the evolution of Camille from small town Tupelo, Mississippi, where we're both from, to Camille, the published author now living in Texas, kind of like a then to now moment. So growing up in Tupelo, um, small town, you know, but big dreams, I would say for me. So growing up, my parents were really ambitious and they were always, you know, starting new businesses, whether that be 
in real estate or just trying out new things. Um, my mom is a speech therapist and she would fly all over the country. They were just always on the move. So I always had this sense of agency about myself that I should be creating something or doing something that was uniquely my own. Um, flash forward to going to Miss, you know, that sense of curiosity or creativity, I felt like I didn't have the ability to kind of run with that. I thought I needed to do something stable, um, you know, get into a career that made sense that my parents could easily understand on a piece of paper is a lawyer. You know, that I knew that was something my parents would really be feeling good about. Um, and so I took the public policy track at Ole Miss, um, partially because I thought, well, I can become Camille the lawyer. Um, and also because I was looking around Ole Miss's campus. I could not find anything that I liked. And I saw these two guys on campus who were always carrying briefcases. You know, they were young black men. And I just thought that they were amazing. And both of them were majoring in public policy. So I was like, I think that's where all the happening kids are at. So I'm going to go over there. That ended up working out for me uh, really well. Not that I ended up being the lawyer, but just that um, it was uh, a major that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed learning about policy. I enjoyed learning about the world. Um, and I was able to turn that into an internship and to a first job in Washington, D.C. with our um, state's first district congressman, Trent Kelly. I just got amazing exposure to um, really how the world works from a policy perspective and, and what that looks like. Um, and ultimately, I decided politics wasn't for me, but getting out of my kind of oldness environment, what it allowed me to do on the flip side was to meet and fall in love with who my now husband. And so um, we had just this amazing romance uh, with me living in D.C. and him living in Dallas and us kind of going back and forth. I made the jump over and um, moved to Dallas, which I absolutely love and absolutely love being here and recommend the city to all my friends. Um, so I would love for everybody to move to Dallas. I think it's one of the greatest um, cities in the world. So throughout all of that time, I had just been working in the entrepreneurship space, like really informally, starting projects, just staying really connected to the ecosystem. And after I got out of grad school here at um, here in Dallas at SMU, I um, ended up having the opportunity later on after that to work for the incubator at SMU, which is, was an all new startup space that I'm really getting to help build from the ground up. Um, and that is honestly how I got connected to um, write this book. So my boss at the incubator met a man named Eric Kuster at a conference. And Eric is a professor from Georgetown University whose mission to help a thousand people write a book. Um, and I'm so blessed and grateful through the process of me coming up with a book here, writing this book, editing this book, raising money for this book, um, everything from start to finish for $300. So I don't know that there's a better deal in town. And so I got to work with an amazing team of editors, writers, cover designers, um, to just help me get from point A to point B. And so I'm so thankful for the job that I have because it, they're so encouraging of me having my own enterprise outside of work. Um, that's better for them rather than some jobs that are like, okay, you know, leave your side project on the side. My job is like, no, bring your side project to work. We want to tell people about it. Um, yes. So that is how I went from, you know, kind of small town girl to published author. And now people are interested in my thoughts.
Yeah, that is so awesome. You know, what really inspired you to want to write The Power of Infinite Potential and why is it such an important message today? The Power of Infinite Potential hit me like a ton of bricks, okay? When I started writing the book, I didn't have a clear direction. I was just writing kind of my thoughts and and trying to get it all down on paper. And I was sitting on the balcony one day writing and I looked around and I thought, wow, how amazing of a world we live in. That everything that you see here today, all of these buildings, these cars, these roads, all of this infrastructure, all of the potential for these things has been there since the dawn of time. I've been able to convert all of the materials into the things that we see today. So I think that if human beings have the potential to go from, you know, caveman with nothing to Camille living in Dallas, Texas, in a big metropolitan city, like every human being has within them the power to do infinite, absolutely unmanageable things if they just put their mind to believing in that possibility. And that's how I came to the power of infinite potential. Cause I was like, if you look around at the world, it just sense that anything is possible. I think even if you think about ways in which we believe that the world was formed, you know, for me as a Christian, I believe that, you know, God created the world in seven days. But I think even if you think about how infinite that is, it, it starts to make sense, you know what I mean? That you think about, here I am living my life, and I'm like, yes, there is an infinite being in another dimension who controls all of this. That is my belief. You know, it's a little out there if you just say it like that. But I think when we think about that, it's comforting to me to know that there's like a little bit more going on than just what I'm thinking about. But I think if you think about that, it becomes really obvious that anything is possible. And so I think that people have to internalize that. I think internalizing that for myself has absolutely changed my life um, in ways that have been really, really remarkable. And I show up every day um, to do the work of infinite potential. I show up every day saying, if I put in the work, I'm going to get a result. That's just life works. Like you reap what you sow, what you put in is what you get out. Every action has an equal but opposite reaction. So I get up every day and I do the work and I get a return, you know, and that return is not always immediate, but it always comes back. So that's what I encourage people to do is find a direction for your ambition and run really hard in that direction. Yes. I love that. And it, it kind of goes great into this like next question and thinking about, okay, well, I have to admit this to you, Camille, like I'm a person who reads books and I'll highlight little phrases and I'll write like, amen, or yes, next to like each line. I highlighted, yes, I'm clapping the whole dang book. <laughs> Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, I, that just is a testament to you as a writer, because I felt like at times you were speaking to SK, like you're speaking directly to me. And I feel like that's such a hard thing to accomplish. You did it so well that it just, it spoke to me and it just meant the world when reading it. And so I'm just a huge fan of this book, but one particular part, which is page 47 and 48 about fear and like the lies that we tell ourselves, I definitely think it's mind over matter at times. And so really tell mm -hmm. us about a time that you overcame your own fear and the lies that you were telling yourself. Oh, this is uh, a daily walk of overcoming fear and the lies that we tell ourselves. For me, the things that I, my negative self-talk looks a lot like you cannot do this. Nobody cares. No one is interested in what you're trying to do. You're not qualified to do what you want to do. 
and it goes on. And so I have just had to learn to say, no, you are incorrect. Why would that be true? And sometimes you have to literally ask your inner self, why would that be true? Like, no, I need an explanation from you because you, you're really, you're really coming at me hard and I'm interested in why that would be true. I need a reasoning. Um, we're all human beings, right? We're all made out of the same stuff. So if one person is worth listening to, so is another person. Nobody's any different. So I think just as worthy as, you know, whoever your favorite person is, whether that's, you know, Michelle Obama or Lin-Manuel Miranda, whoever it is, you're just as worthy. Your voice is just as worthy. And so I think for me, it has been just a lesson in saying God has a purpose for my life. Um, he has given me specific gifts and talents that are to be utilized to do something positive in this world. And so if I'm sitting on my couch telling myself that I'm a failure before even starting, then I'm negating every purpose he assigned to me. And that is not correct. You know, I don't want to get to the end of my life and God say, well, there's a lot of things you could have done, but you were just sitting on the couch self-loathing. I want to do every plan that God has for my life. And I cannot do that if I'm sitting in a puddle of self-loathing talking about what I can't do when I need to be focused on what I can do. Because when you're doing, you have a lot less time to sit around and listen to negative self-talk. Your hands and your mind are busy. It's when your hands and your mind are idle that you can talk yourself out of all the great ideas and all of the gifts that you're being given in your mind that you need to be producing in the world. Totally get that. And I've, I've been a typical person who just gets in their head and is like, okay, well, you've done this before and that, and that didn't lead to success. And it's like, you just have to constantly feed yourself positive, good thoughts, or you'll never get yourself off the couch. You'll never leave your house. You'll never dress for the job that you may not have, but that you do want one day. And I think it starts with, with just putting one foot in front of the other and, and being okay, being uncomfortable, right? Like, I think that's how success and, and how yeah. that really brews, like what you're trying to go for. Um, and that kind of goes into like, what does growth over perfection look like for you? Oh man, this is a big one that I've had to learn because I, um, I really thought if something isn't perfect, if it isn't just right, we shouldn't put it out there, shouldn't do it. And we can't do that without some level of iteration because we've seen millions and billions of, of infants grow into adults. We don't look at the infant and say, man, this thing can't do anything. It's basically useless. Like it can't talk, it can't walk. But a lot of times we look at ourselves when we're starting out something and that's what we say to ourselves. We say, man, this thing is useless. It can't walk, it can't talk, it can't do anything. And we're negating the fact that it's still a baby. Every time you start something, that's a little baby. You gotta give it time to grow. And in five years, a five-year-old is still just learning how to talk. You know, it's still learning how to read. It's still, it's still on basics. So it's like, if it takes you five years to get to that place, you have to understand like, that is great, but we're still on basics. We still got so much further to go. If it takes you 20 years, you still got to know like, man, I just stopped being a teenager yesterday. Like I still got a long, long, long way to go. And I look at, you know, great companies, like 
if you just look at great companies who've been staples for a really long time, like something like Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola is over a hundred years old. So if you're starting a drink brand and you're thinking, man, nobody knows about my drink brand. Well, in 1852, neither nobody knew about Coca-Cola, but now everybody knows about them. So give yourself time, give yourself space to grow. It's not going to be perfect on the first day. Um, and it's not going to be perfect on the 100th day. But if you keep growing, you will get to that place that feels perfect to you. And then you'll still find a way to grow from there because that's what life is about. Like we are always growing. If you're not growing anymore, you are literally dead. So I think to keep anything alive and to keep anything moving, we can't be paralyzed by perfection. We have to be motivated by growth. Yes. And that is such a good point because I just feel like at times we just really get paralyzed by that fear of, of not having it all right before you launch and not really having all the, the details figured out. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just experimenting and figuring out what works. Cause we've got such a good point that you make. Um, for those listeners who may be unaware, which I know we've referenced a couple of different times so far, but what is Black Women on a Mission and how do you want to see it grow? So I'm wearing my Black Women on a Mission resilient shirt right now. Black Women on a Mission is an imperial brand that is to uplift and celebrate Black women and the amazing work that they do that makes the world go round. Um, so Black Women on a Mission just embodies the resilience of Black women, uh, the way that we are able to get up and just keep it moving despite all of the obstacles that are thrown our way. So it's just a point of pride for people to wear. And I love that. Um, as far as seeing the brand grow, what's important to me is that more and more Black women know about the brand. If they choose to purchase with us or if they choose to admire it from afar, I know that we have a brand that resonates with people. And so my sole focus is just on getting the brand in front of as many eyeballs as possible. Um, and so that's all that I really want. That's part of the reason why I want to be out in my Tupelo community so that you know, people who are not my Facebook friend can see the brand and get to know the brand. Um, one of the things that we've really found is that when somebody wears this brand home, you know, their mom wants one, their sister wants one, their grandma wants one. Um, and that's the kind of vibe that we want to create is just a multi-generational um, point of pride, kind of like I think about me being in a sorority. I'm a Delta, I'm Delta Sigma Day sorority. Shout out to all my Deltas out there, but one of the things that I love most about being in a historically Black sorority is that it's absolutely multi-generational. Um, so when you are going to a probate show and people are coming out as new Deltas, you will see women there who are from every, you know, like 90 years old down to two years old, who are just so enamored with the history, the prestige, the glory um, of just like that collection of black womanhood and it's something that they want to pass down so I think in the same way that kind of pride that a person feels when they're wearing those letters I want them to feel that same kind of pride um, in this community to know that they are a resilient black woman on a mission and that there are so many women who look like them and feel like them who are standing in solidarity with them that is so great. And I love that you're doing that. I've, I've definitely seen all the great social posts you've been putting out there. So if y'all haven't picked up, 
uh, any of her stuff yet, you need to. It's out there. How can they find Black Women on a Mission um, and, and get the apparel? Absolutely. You can follow Instagram at Black Women on a Mission. The Black is Women on a Mission. Um, and you can also buy uh, all of our merch at CamilleVivian.com. Um, that's Camille, C-A-M-I-L-L-E, Viviana, V-I-V-I-A-N-A. Um, so you can get all of our merch there. You can follow us on Instagram, and that will be the best place to find out about all of our new drops. Our spring drop is coming at the 1st of April, so I'm really excited about that. So explain to us, I see this a lot on your, your Instagram, and it's like the CEO of me, LLC. You know, what oh. is that? And then how do you wake up each day and be that CEO? Man, okay. CEO of Me LLC. That came to me while I was in the gym because I was doing those things. You know, it's like brain exercise in the morning. But being the CEO of Me LLC is really about running your life how you run a business. When you're running a business, the sole purpose of the business is to bring in a return. I think in life, we need to be the exact same way. When we're living our lives, we're not just doing so so that the days pass by and we can watch the sun rise and set. We want to see some things happen in our lives. So we can't just be going through life aimlessly thinking all the things that we want are going to find us instead of us going to them. So I think as a CEO of Meet LLC, I wake up every morning thinking about what do I want out of this day? Do I want to have a good day at work? What's going to help me have a good day at work? Does that mean I need to get out of my bed and stop scrolling on Instagram at six o'clock in the morning and take a shower or meditate or read my Bible, like whatever that's going to be. Cause a lot of days it's different. Um, but I think seriously about what kind of day I want to have. I think about, you know, what do I need to do for the businesses that I'm running? What do I need to do at work to make sure I'm doing a great job at work? Maybe the re first thing I can reach for is over here to tell, you know, my life partner, good morning. <laughs> and, and that can set the tone for a better day. So I think in every decision that we're making, sometimes it's even just in the food that I eat. I'm asking myself, how am I going to feel, you know, if I eat a large pizza by myself, which sometimes I want to do? But I'm not going to feel good after. I'm going to feel sad and sleepy. And I'm not, not going to be able to do anything. So that's not running my life's business well if I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to eat a large pizza. Um, now, I'm not saying there's not days where you need break and take a load off because that's a part of it too. Every day, you can wake up as a CEO of LLC and make a clear decision about what kind of day you want to have, what you want to get out of that day, and then plan your actions accordingly. That's so true. That is so true. And I think it's mind over matter in that sense too, because it's like you wake up, it's like, it's going to be a good day, right? Like it's a good day for a good day. And I think we have to keep that mantra throughout, no matter what curveballs are thrown our way. Tell us about your new ebook from link in bio to CEO. Um, and how are you monetizing your social media accounts? Absolutely. So this is a big thing I see all the time. I wrote from Lincoln Bio to CEO because I see people all the time trying to be successful making money on social media. And a lot of times they're missing the mark. Um, not that, you know, I think they should be doing, they're doing differently or that they don't have a great product, but a lot of times what they're missing is a great strategy. And so because I've been able to study and come up with a great strategy to really push Black Women on a Mission on social media and be really um, successful with that to the point where I want to be able to impart that same knowledge to other people without necessarily the hassle of having to go get it the way that I did, which was really like piecing together information from so many different sources, mimicking what other people were doing, trying and failing. So I wanted to give people those foolproof strategies that have worked for me um, so that that could save them time and also make the money. 
Um, I'm really passionate about just people, especially in the Black community, being able to create social mobility through themselves and for themselves. And a lot of that comes from more financial freedom, more financial literacy. And social media is a great way for us to make money. A lot of people are on social media all day anyway. Um, Facebook advertisements are a billion dollar industry in and of themselves. So when I think about us having our own personal Instagram page, our personal Facebook page, that is a walking, living, breathing billboard. And it should be used as nothing less if you want to make money on social media. Um, so I'm just giving people the tools to do that without necessarily having to pay thousands of dollars in advertisements to big conglomerates like Facebook or Instagram. Instagram when they can really build organically and create great revenue streams for themselves if they have the right strategies. That's so great and so true. And I think a lot of us are like, oh, I'd love to be out there doing all of that, but where to begin? And so it's really cool that you have an ebook designed to really kind of give a blueprint of what that can look like for those looking to monetize their social accounts. That's really cool. How do you take time like in all of this, right? Like you've got so many different projects going you're working full time, like how do you take time for yourself and like celebrating the small and big wins? Like I was saying earlier on the podcast, getting um, to the point of being able to do this pop-up shop, having my content plan for when I get to the pop-up shop, that honestly has taken a weight off my shoulders that I cannot even describe. And so that gives me cause to say, okay, I can relax. Like after this podcast, I'm going to bake a cake. I'm going to take it to a friend's house and we're going to eat that cake together, you know? And so those are the ways in which I decompress. I don't put pressure on myself anymore because I realize that every goal and every metric is one that I have set for myself, which means that if I take a week off a black woman on a mission and I don't do anything for the brand that week because I needed a self-care day, I am a team of one. The only person who is looking to me for answers is me. So when I'm in that position, I say to myself, hey, like we can't handle the pressure this week. We don't need the pressure this week. Let's take a little bit of a break. Or I deprioritize certain things. Like with the book, the, my main priority, the main thing I prioritize is things like this. Being on podcasts, doing speaking engagements, really getting out and talking about the book. So I don't focus on pushing the book constantly as a selling strategy. I focus on this as my primary selling strategy. I turn my notifications off after I post um, so that that way I'm not checking my phone all day and my brain is not constantly flooded with, you know, this notification and that notification because honestly, it's not great for your brain and it keeps you distracted from other things that you need to be doing. Because ultimately, eight hours a day, I have dedicated to my job. So I have to focus on my job. And then when I get home, that's my time to focus on my other projects. I would say for Black Women on a Mission, I hardly take breaks from Black Women on a Mission simply because this is the thing in my life that I feel most passionate about. And so I want to be working on it all the time. And I think that if anybody out there can find that thing that you want to be working on all the time that doesn't feel like work that makes you so happy to just work on I think you found something great and if that thing can make you money boy that's even better um so I would say I, I do take care of myself by keeping it low pressure I always remember everything that I've done this book's got my name on it if it sits on my shelf for the rest of my life I wrote it I'm proud of it <laughs> you know, and if I don't, if I don't go, go out and push it and sell it, that's on nobody.
but me. Um, so I try to keep it low pressure. That's honestly how I take care of myself because I definitely have put a lot of pressure on myself in the past. You have to be doing this on this timeline, by this date, by this age. And it's like, darling, the time's going to pass anyway. So you ought to decide what you do with it, you know, and not put these arbitrary deadlines on yourself that just make you feel pressured and end up upsetting yourself. That is so true and so accurate. And I find myself doing that time and time again, because I'm very much like an achiever. Like I want to, I've got these goals and I've got to be marketing director before 30. I've got to hit this. Like I'll be married by a certain age. And I think no matter what industry, no matter where you're at in like your life, uh, what life event you're going through, I think we all at times really try to stick to a timeline and put that extra pressure on ourselves. That's really cool that you do take that time to really celebrate the small and big wins and really just being intentional with your time, I think is so great. So in all of this, what's next for you? I am on my what's next. You know, I think my what's now is what's next, if that makes sense. Um, I want to grow Black Women on a Mission. I want to be a full-time Black Woman on a Mission. This is really what I want to do. Um, I want I think this company has the potential to be a million dollar brand and I'm going to stick with it until it gets there. Um, my book, I want to keep traveling um, and talking to people about the things that are in my book. I want to get it in the hands of more people because I think that when people read it, it does something really special for them on the inside. And I want to see that transform more and more people. For my ebook, for those who want to take advantage of it, I want people to grow. I want people to be building successful brands. I want people to have financial freedom and for them to have freedom to, to use their time as they see fit. So my now is my next. Um, my goal is not to go to work for somebody else for the rest of my life. Um, I really want to, I want to be able to raise a family, to be at home with that family and for my kids to see me run a business, um, for my husband to help me with that business and to be an integral part of that business. And, and that's how I see my life in the future. I'm not rushing it by any means, but I am working toward it every day. I love that. It just kind of resonates, I think, not only with myself, but with our audience and, and just enjoying the present, right? But working hard and, and doing what you do best. And that's being intentional and taking those times for those passion projects that ultimately might lead to that next best thing. So that's really cool. So shifting gears a little bit. Now it's time for a fun game. Drum roll. I like to call it the leading ladies we love. I'm going to give an adjective and I want you to shout out the first person that you think. It could be a friend, a colleague, a family member, someone that you look up to and aspire to be one day. Um, I just want you to shout them out and give them some love because it's all about women supporting women on this podcast. And so here we go. You ready for this? Okay. Okay. I'm going to try to go fast. <laughs> okay. Encourager. My friend, Cynthia Harris, who is an amazing web designer. Okay, bold. My mom. Ooh, my mom is so bold. She just like kicks me. I love that. Entrepreneur. You know what? My fitness instructor. My fitness instructor, Dominique, who owns um, Jambox here in Dallas. Amazing. Okay, leader. My boss, Jennifer Evinger. God, she is just amazing. Cares about the work, but really cares about it. Resilient. Mm. My sister, my sister Kendall, who started a tutoring company during the middle of COVID-19 after graduating from college without a job. Oh, wow. That's awesome. All right. Well, that ends our Leading Ladies We Love rapid fire game. How can we connect with you, Camille? Come on, give us your shameless plug. Please connect with me. Um, 
um, on social media. I'm on social media at Camille Viviana, C-A-M-I-L-L-E-V-I-V-I-A-N-A. On all handles, you can connect with me on there. Uh, please connect with Black Woman on a Mission, B-L-K Woman on a Mission. Um, you can add me on LinkedIn, Camille McCallum. Add me on Facebook, Camille McCallum. I'm always happy to connect with people, always happy to sit down and talk. Um, and, and I just love to meet new people and, and really build community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Camille. Um, it has just been so fun getting to know you and, and getting to see you grow and to encourage others along the way. So keep doing your thing, girl. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ladies Who Lead podcast. Guess what? we have a $50 gift card to Anthropology up for grabs. That's right. It's a giveaway. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to the Ladies Who Leave podcast, and you'll enter to win. It's that simple. It's a $50 gift card to Anthropology. You know, my happy place. For more details, look to our show notes. Until next time, I'm SK Vaughn.